bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otoko. And now, today's word. Uh, today, in recognition uh, of uh, mothers, I'm preaching a message uh, related to mothers. Um, and I have titled my message, Two Kinds of Mothers. Two Kinds of Mothers. And uh, maybe you will find yourself in one of the kinds and function effectively in those. I'm going to look at two mothers in the Bible who defied all the odds to raise a baby uh, who was born in a very dangerous time. Both mothers were mothers of the same child and both helped the child to fulfill his destiny. And in this message, I will address two questions. I would uh, hope that I can, we can find answers to these two questions. The first question is, what makes a woman a mother? That's a question that we keep asking uh, because sometimes when it is Mother's Day, you don't know whether to wish it only to women who have children or to wish it to women uh, who don't have children, other women uh, who don't have children. So what makes a woman a mother? We will find an answer at the end of my message. And the second question I will be addressing is, What kind of mother has God called you to be? And uh, I hope that by the end of my message, you will find a role to play uh, in this world. The background of my message is uh, related to the story of Moses. Moses was born at a very dangerous season. He was born at a time when it was unsafe for babies from his race and from his tribe to be born. He was a Hebrew. Uh, His parents were Hebrews in Egypt. And at that time, before Moses was born, the Pharaoh of Egypt had made a decree that all Hebrew boys born should be killed. And that decree... Uh, was upon the whole nation for a Hebrew boy to be killed at birth. It was in that environment of severe threat and challenge and difficulty that Moses was born. And uh, we're going to look at his story from Exodus chapter 2. And I'll read extensively from verse 1 to 10. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Let's hear the reading of God's word. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, he hid him three months. 
she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dubbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done for him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the other river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away, nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child, nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, And he became her son. And so she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew you out of the water. Very, very fascinating story. It's amazing when you read these stories in the Bible that you have read from your childhood, uh, from Sunday school, and all of a sudden they take on a different meaning as you read them again. Well, just as a background, if you uh, look at the story, there are several women who played uh, different roles in this narrative. Uh, First, there were the midwives who were are not mentioned in what I read, but earlier on had been mentioned, who were charged to make sure that every Hebrew boy was killed and they defied the king's orders. Then there is Moses' mother, and then there is Pharaoh's daughter, And then there is Moses' sister, older sister, Miriam. And each one played a role, interestingly, uh, in the story, none of them is named. So uh, they're, they're just different people doing different things. But I'm going to focus only on two of the women, and both were mothers of Moses. One was his natural mother. And the other was his adoptive mother. And each one of them played a significant role in the life of Moses. And we would look at each person and what they did to uh, Moses. So we'll begin with Moses' birth mother. The woman who gave birth to Moses. Her name is not mentioned here, but in Exodus chapter 6 verse 20... Her name is given as Joshabed, and Moses' father is named as Amram. So, Joshabed, she gave birth to a boy, and the Bible says that she saw the boy, that the boy was beautiful. That means that she treasured the baby she had given birth to. She had a high value for the baby she had given birth to. She treasured the baby. And decided to do something for the baby. What a conflict that the birth of Moses would have introduced to her parents. On the one hand, if you give birth to a child, 
there is great joy and celebration that a child has been born. And at the same time, there is a decree from the king that the child must be killed. So you are not sure as a parent whether to be happy because your child is born or be sad because the child may not live. And sometimes children are born in these environments where you give birth to a child as a mother and you are so excited. But you look at other circumstances surrounding the child and you are not so excited. Maybe the father ran away when you were uh, pregnant. Or maybe the father of the child is not your husband. Uh, and so you are happy that a child has been born. But at the same time, there is trouble all around. And that is the environment in which Moses' mother gave birth to her. Happiness that he has been born, sadness because the king has decreed that the child must die. And so Moses looked at, uh, Moses' mother looked at her child and decided to defy the king. And so although there is a policy against keeping Hebrew boys, she decided to go against it. So the pastor said that she hid her child. And she hid the child from danger. She hid the child so that the decree would not get to her. And for three months, they hid this child from destruction. And I can imagine this, how the mother would have felt all these three months because anytime soon, Pharaoh's officers would discover that this child has been born and come and kill the child. I'm sure that there were others who were telling her, listen, it's, it's a wasted effort. Just, just let them kill the child and, 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 and keep us free. I'm sure that there were women of that time who just obeyed the law and surrendered their children. There were others who were discovered, whose babies were discovered by Pharaoh's officers. But Moses' mother, for three months, managed to hide her child. The kind of things that mothers do to hide their children, protect their children, preserve their children from danger, from a harsh world, from a difficult world. So, she did that for three months because the child was a beautiful child. But after three months, it was impossible for the child to be kept any longer, probably because his cries were getting louder of whatever reason, but it was becoming too dangerous to hide this child. So Moses' mother decided, I'm going to give my child a chance to survive. I'm going to give him a child a chance to survive. So if she kept the child any longer, the child would be discovered and killed. If If she surrendered the child to the officers of Pharaoh, instantly the child would be killed. She didn't have much choice, but she had a slim chance. So she decided instead to put the child in a situation where somebody could have compassion on the child. And she didn't know how that would go. So she made an ark, a protective small basket, protected it from water, put the baby in, and didn't send the baby along the river, but kept the baby 
in the, among the reefs or the reeds of the, of the river. In other words, in a place where the water is not moving, uh, so the baby would stay in one place. That's what she did. And then she allowed her other daughter to stand by and watch what will happen to the baby. So this was a desperate move. She didn't want the child to be killed, but she was trying to give her child a chance. And as you know, uh, the, the child was discovered by the enemy's daughter. <laughs> oh, God has a sense of humor. Maybe uh, Moses' mother did it purposefully. Maybe she thought, if I put the child here by the Nile, this woman will discover her. Maybe the woman had a reputation as a good-hearted woman. We don't know why she put the child in that place to be discovered by that particular woman. Well, when she, he was discovered, uh, interestingly, Moses' mother was giving back her child to nurse her child in the early years of the child. So she had the chance to nurse the child and while she was nursing the child, she was careful not to undermine the destiny of the child. So she didn't hold on to what was hers. She probably weaned the child for two to three years. And when it was time, she released her child. Can you imagine the pain of knowing this is my own child from my womb? But if I want this child to live... I must deny myself my own instincts and allow this child to go to this woman to survive. So that is the first mother, Moses' mother, the Beth mother, doing all that she can to protect her child. Then there is the second mother. If you read the passage, the Bible says that Moses became a son to her. So this is the second mother of Moses. And that is Moses' adoptive mother or adopted mother. There are several ancient traditions that give her a name. But the Bible doesn't give her a name and identity. So I will stick with the scriptures and not name her by what tradition names her by. The scriptures only call her Potiphar's daughter. Potiphar is the one who says every child must be killed. Every male child of the Hebrews must be killed. That's the daughter. And the passage says that she comes, she sees the basket... She hears the sound of a baby. She opens the baby. And she discovers the baby. And when she hears the sound of the baby. The Bible says she had compassion for Moses. For that baby. She had compassion. She saw the baby. Heard the baby's cries. And had compassion. That simply shows you that compassion is not only limited to biology. She didn't give birth to that child biologically. She hadn't carried the child for nine months. We don't know whether she had other children 
The Bible is silent about it. But she saw this baby that was not her biological child, son. And she had compassion. You know, sometimes people tell women who have never had a child biologically. That they don't know what it is to have a child or to love a child. I beg to differ. Because what this woman showed was that even though you don't give birth to a child biologically, you can be a mother by compassion. The motherly instinct that Pharaoh's daughter felt towards Moses was as strong as that which was felt by Moses' birth mother. Same compassion. So you don't have to have a child to feel compassion for another baby. Motherhood is a product of compassion and not biology. And women who have not given birth before can show motherly compassion as we see in the life of Pharaoh's daughter. Interestingly, you don't hear, I've never heard any sermon preached about Pharaoh's daughter. Never. Until I started studying this and I said, wow, how come we never preach about her? What a woman. Compassion. And she also protected the child from danger. She defied her own father's law. She defied the laws of her country. What she had for Moses was so strong that it overruled the decrees of her father. The same thing that drove Moses' birth mother was driving her. Both of them defied the king's law. One was a natural birth mother, one was an adoptive mother, but both had the same compassion, both had the same love for the, same, for the child. Pharaoh's daughter knew without a doubt that their child was a Hebrew boy. Of course, only Hebrews would have abandoned the boy. She could have called in her father's executioners to kill the baby. Yet she chose to protect this child from the enemy, which is her father. And her father's regime. In God's sovereignty, he appointed a woman from the most unlikely place. To protect this child. And she protected the child. From her own father. Even in her father's house. She made sure. The child would be safe. For 40 years. And she provided for the child's. Survival. Since she was not a nursing mother. When she found the child. She decided to get a nursing mother. To nurse the baby and it's very interesting that she chose a Hebrew nursing mother she could have chosen an Egyptian nursing mother and that would have been disaster for the child she knew if a, an Egyptian woman nursed this child she has an obligation to kill this child he knew the child was a Hebrew and he decided I'm going to get a Hebrew woman to take care of this child just look at the extent she's going to protect this baby who is not hers 
biologically. And the fourth thing I want to say about this woman is that she accepted Moses as her own child. The scripture says that she, he became her son. He became her son. She elected to become a mother of Moses. Moses spent more time with Pharaoh's daughter than he did with his own biological mother. Spent probably about two to three years with his biological mother, but the rest of his years with Pharaoh's daughter. It was Pharaoh's daughter who named him, not Moses' adopted mother, and he named him in a very interesting way. And it was all part of what she did to protect this baby. The name Moses has double meaning. In Egyptian, it means son. In Hebrew, it means taken out of water. So for the Egyptians, his name made sense. For the Hebrews, his name made sense. Both of them allowed him to live. The Egyptians knew his name is alright. He's a son. The Hebrews also had his name and his name was alright because this woman, this Pharaoh's daughter had a deep sense of protection for this child and she used the wisest means even in his naming. And if you look at her Although she was Egyptian, she never tried to make the boy an Egyptian. Could it be, could it be that Pharaoh's daughter hated his father's laws? Could it be that he knew the father's laws were unjust? Could it be that though she was Egyptian, she hated the way the Hebrews were treated? It's very likely. Because she raised Moses to honor his Hebrew heritage. And probably, 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 she might have been the one who sowed the seed in Moses' heart that you are a Hebrew and you must one day go and get your people free. Could it be? It's possible. Because Moses never lived with his mother, never lived with Hebrews. Who would have told him to go and set the Hebrews free? The Bible says God, but God uses human voices to speak to us. And it's possible that the voice that God used was Pharaoh's daughter. She doesn't get recommended much, but there you are. Two kinds of mothers. One gave birth to the boy. Couldn't hold on to the boy because of danger. The other, in the midst of the danger, took the boy and raised him. Both mothers of Moses. So now to my question. What makes a woman 
a mother. What makes a woman a mother? When we say happy mother's day, whom are we saying it to? Is it to Moses' mother or Pharaoh's daughter or to both? Well, we see from the story that both mothers had maternal love for Moses. Moses' birth mother defied Pharaoh's rules as an outsider. Pharaoh's daughter defied his father as an insider. Both faced risks for their actions. If you talk about compassion, both of them have it. Both mothers protected Moses from danger. Moses' mother protected Moses in the Hebrew part of town. Pharaoh's daughter protected Moses in the Egypt part of town. Both of them nurtured and raised Moses. They did it in different phases of Moses' life. Moses' birth mother breastfed him. Pharaoh's daughter raised him to be a prince. One of the reasons why God raised Moses, I believe, was because he did not have slave mentality. Every Hebrew had been raised to think like a slave. Only Moses was raised not to think like a slave, but to think like a prince. He thought like a free man, not a bound man. He was not a Hebrew with a Hebrew problem. He was Hebrew, but he didn't have their problem because his mindset was nurtured in a different environment. And that was possible because Pharaoh's daughter brought him to the palace and gave him a different orientation. And both mothers released Moses for his mission. Both of them didn't hold on to him. When it was time for Moses to go and set the people free, he left Pharaoh's daughter. When it was time for him to go to the palace, he left Josheped, his birth mother. So what makes for a mother? I believe that maternal love, protection of the child, nurturing of the child, and releasing the child to his mission, these are the hallmarks of a mother and both mothers one a birth mother, one an adoptive mother, fulfill that. So does Pharaoh's daughter qualify to be greeted with Happy Mother's Day? Yes. Does Moses' mother, birth mother, qualify to be greeted with Happy Mother's Day? Yes. Both mothers can receive a Happy Mother's Day several thousand years later second question what kind of mother has God called you to be if you are a woman what kind of mother has God called you just looking at these two stories God can make you a mother of a child by birth and there are many women who have experienced that though we learn that sometimes you may give birth to a child, but somebody else may raise the child. And God can use different people to raise your child. But there is child, mother by birth. But God can also make you a mother of a child you didn't give birth to. Like 
Pharaoh's daughter. That's why her story is told in the Bible. So you could be a stepmother for a divine purpose. What if there is a Moses amongst your stepchildren? How would you help that child in the absence of his or her birth mother? You could be a foster mother by taking care of a relative's child or a child who has been left for you to discover. There are Moseses who have been left all over this world, abandoned, scavenging, in the streets of Accra, in neighborhoods, in compounds, Where are the Pharaoh's daughters? Are we going to let them be left and be destroyed? Are we going to say because we didn't give birth to them, we can't care for them? So for every woman who has given birth to a child, God bless you. And to every woman who has not given birth to a child but has raised a child, God bless you. And to every woman who has compassion on another child, God bless you. For every woman who is placed in a very unlikely circumstance, in a difficult marriage, where you are to take care of children you didn't give birth to. God bless you. Because what you do, you're doing for the Lord. And who know the general you are raising. The prophet you are raising. The servant of God you are raising. And may the child that God has placed in your hand never die in your hand. And may the Lord give you compassion to protect the destiny of the children he has placed in your hand. May the Lord give you the wisdom to hold those children from the dangers of society, from drug addiction, from alcoholism, from being becoming thieves, from becoming vagabonds, from becoming uh, problems of society. May God give you the strength to protect your children from any of the dangers of this world today we are not dealing with Pharaoh's decree we are dealing with all kinds of decrees of drugs we are dealing with decrees of bad behavior we are dealing with all kinds of decrees upon our earth and God is looking for mothers like these two mothers who in the midst of danger ensured that their child will survive and become a blessing to humanity. That I believe is the call to every woman. Whether you have a child biologically or you don't have a child biologically. And may the Lord help you to play these roles effectively to his glory. Father we pray for every woman. Those who are caught in a challenging situation as these two women were. May you give them the compassion to do the right thing. And the courage to do the right thing. May you raise up, O oh God, women whose heart goes 
beyond just their own children to touch other children. May you raise women who would care for and protect their children from danger. May you give them the wisdom to do it. And for all women who raise up children under these circumstances, may you cause their cup to overflow. That there will be no lack in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And a happy Mother's Day to all of you women. May the Lord give you the strength to be like these two women. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.